is Stevie Rochelle from Top and Metal Sludge. Hey everybody, this is Pat Torpy from Mr. Big. This is Glenn Hughes, the voice of rock. What's up? This is Dave Rude from Tesla. And you're listening to Music Mania. Music Mania. You are locked and loaded on the Music Mania podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. You the best! You got the best! We roll tonight to the guitar fight. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. And here to provide what will hopefully be a much-needed distraction from all the craziness that's going on here in the United States and in the world. I am Clint Schweitzer. This is the Music Mania Podcast, and we are keeping it rolling through the spring and summer months here. And we thank you so much for staying with us and for um, coming back time and time and again, because on this show, we are going to provide uh, some of the best interviews out there in hard rock. And today is no different. I know so many of you out there are, are concerned and scared and kind of living in a situation that is unprecedented in the country and in the world. Um, but right now, because that stuff is so far above my head, uh, I'm just trying to stay in and, and, and do what everyone else is doing. But in the meantime, we're trying to provide at least a distraction. So the podcast rolls on. And uh, this week, we're going to be joined by none other than founding member of Styx, Dennis DeYoung. Um, he is back with a new original solo album, 26 East Volume 1. This album is going to be released April 10th via Frontiers Music. Recently, two tracks from the album have been released, East of Midnight and To the Good Old Days, which features June Lee and Lennon. You can hear them in all major streaming services uh, or definitely on YouTube as well. Guys, this is going to be tremendous. I actually, in a roundabout way, interviewed Dennis about a year ago. We did an interview with Jim Peterick, who, um, you know, for World Stage, he had just uh, done a song with Dennis DeYoung. I called Jim to do the interview and Dennis answered the phone. I can't wait to do this. I mean, Sticks, one of my favorite bands of all time. I mean, I've seen them live so many times. And of course, um, he's best known as the founding member of Sticks as the primary lead vocalist and keyboardist uh, to tenure that lasted um, from 1970 until 1999. So it's been over 20 years now that Dennis has been out of Sticks. Um, he's been credited as the writer for more Sticks songs than any other Sticks member. He's also the most successful songwriter, pinning seven of the band's eight top 10 singles as well as a solo top 10 single. It's going to be great. And we're so happy that, uh, that Dennis is, um, releasing this album and that he's going to be on tour. Hopefully. Um, I know that, uh, some of the dates are kind of having to be pushed back and, and we're going to get into that with him as far as kind of the tour schedule, a lot of uncertainty. We just don't know, but, um, the dates, 
uh, as of right now, hopefully we get uh, to see this happen into the spring and somewhere into May, into June, I think in May. Uh, Friday, May 22nd, um, Dennis is scheduled to be here in Kansas City at the Ameristar Casino. So hopefully that takes place. Of course, so much uncertainty, but we're going to get into all this with him about his days in sticks, writing such great material, and it's going to be just tremendous. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get to our interview right now with Mr. Dennis DeYoung. Dennis, welcome to the Music Mania Podcast. It's so great to talk to you. How is everything going, my friend? I know these are crazy times, right? For goodness sakes, shouldn't you be in your basement with a bag over your head and armed guards at the door? How did you guess, Dennis? Oh my gosh, that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> are the guards clean? So far. We're so far, swabbing man. as we speak. Wow, I tell you, this is this is this is crazy and unprecedented. What are we what are we doing here? What what what's the world come to, Dennis? What are we doing? Well, it's pretty simple. You know, we human beings have deluded ourselves mightily through every imaginable device, including entertainment, to believe that we're in we're in control of something. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> no, we're not. We're in the universe. And to me, the universe's uh, main goals are replacement and renew, as far as I can tell. Uh, and, you know, we have, um, we're just spinning around here in space, hoping for the best. But uh, now we realize, and the only good thing that might come of all this is that the entire planet will now understand one thing. Something I said a long time ago in 77 was deep inside we're all the same. You know, the amount of money you make or the success you've had or how poor you are or what, what, what your skin color, what God you bow to, what political party you belong to. These are all teams, tribes, and ideas mankind uses to, de- you know, really to deflect the, the thought that we all know subconsciously and no other species, as far as we know, knows this, is that our lives are finite. You know, yeah. no, I don't think dogs realize that. They wouldn't be as happy. So uh, right, right now, I, I just look at all this and I say, hopefully we'll say, by the way, without sounding like a hippy-dippy, we're all in this together. All the things that appear to matter probably don't. The only thing that truly matters is, well, is, is, is love of family and friends and, and the relationships you make on this planet. And uh, I'm hoping that that will be the good that comes of it because now when the news comes out, somebody blew, some up, blew somebody up someplace, we think to ourselves, we don't have to do that. There's a virus coming. <laughs> that'll, do, that'll do just fine. We don't have to invent bombs to kill each other. There are things in the universe that are going to get us anyway. So hopefully we'll all take a step back and say, well, all this rush that I'm in every day, filling myself with anxiety to try to acquire things. Maybe that's not as important as I thought. Other than, other than that, I can say, make yourself a pizza and watch uh, Law & Order reruns. <laughs> well, you must have some uh, some cameras on my uh, residence here. That's exactly how, how I've been doing it. And to be able to provide a much-needed distraction with uh, with music the way that you guys have been doing, uh, that you yourself have been doing for, for 50 years now, and we can't thank you enough for that. And In fact... You, you spoke of family, you spoke of connections. We actually have a great one in that you once, uh, about a year ago, hijacked an interview with Jim Peterick and I, and you answered the phone, and I was totally blown away, and it was you, and you guys were working on uh, one of his uh, world stage songs together, and wow, here we come full circle. 
Oh, wow. You know, Jim Peterick, people think he dyes his hair purple. He was born with purple hair, and then for the rest of his life, starting with his mom, they dyed his hair brown. I, I figured that had to be the case. Um, yeah, he, he just got tired. A few years back, he said, I'm tired of dyeing my hair. I'll let it be naturally purple. Well, talk about him and how important he is to your, um, and we'll transition perfectly into your uh, upcoming studio release. Of course, it's 26 East Volume 1. It is a masterpiece, and I'm not just saying that, but Jim Peterick was very key in kind of making this happen. You had a lot of trepidation about even doing this album and given the parlance of our times and the musical climate but you've done it and thank god you have because it is tremendous well jim is thanks so much about that very kind of you to say that uh but but peter rick is the biggest pain in the ass on the planet honest to god <laughs> he you know he he kept saying then then come on let's yeah it's serafina what frontiers wants you to make a record and and you should make a record come on let's make a record and i says jim Jim, Jim, leave me alone. I want to just stay in my house and, you know, go on tour and, and play Come Sail Away till I drop. Anyway, he, um, he convinced me. If it wasn't, listen, here's what I tell people. If, uh, if, you, uh, if you hate the album, blame Jim Peterick. If you love it, it was all my doing. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> uh, he, the thing is that he, he, he talked me into doing it. Uh, against my better judgment, because you know, you know, my friend, the music business, particularly for rock and roll, is shite in every possible way. And um, so I thought, you know, the only reason we ever start doing this is not to make money. That's the truth, baby. Musicians, they have higher, they have loftier goals. They're trying to please their mom or dad who didn't approve of them. <laughs> That's what they were trying to get girls. Anyway, uh, I think. Uh, you wanted to hear your song on the radio. That was it, baby. Yeah. Hear my song on the radio. Watch people enjoying your music and, and singing along with you. What a thrill that was. And that essentially has been taken away. Uh, the whole infrastructure for rock music on radio is gone. Everyone's going to say we have the Internet. Yeah, you try to go ahead. You try to navigate the, the Internet. It's like the, the biggest Chinese menu in the universe. Uh, you end up going, oh, okay, I'll have egg roll and chop suey, because you, you're so confused. So uh, when Jim says, let's do this, I, the only thing is to have a chance to, people co to communicate with people. That's what you want to do. And if that isn't there, it makes it, it, makes it tough. So he talked me into doing it, and he wrote a, uh, he, he had a, the beginnings of a song called Run for the Roses, a humdinger of a song. All right, I said, you convinced me. If you're going to write something that good, I've got to be part of it. So we sat down and we had eight songs before we blinked because, you know, we, we have very similar backgrounds and we grew up in the same city and same kind of values. We've both been married forever and uh, marrying high school sweethearts. We've got uh, so much in common. Wow. And, and, because, and because of this relationship uh, being so strong now, I've I begun to uh, have my wife... Uh, dye, dye my, my, my armpit hair purple. <laughs> that, that we've got to see. I've got to see evidence of that, that one. That, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, check Facebook in the coming weeks. <laughs> um, not only Jim Peterick involved, um, the good old days. What a tremendous, heartfelt, tender song that you wrote for you and Julian Lennon. How, how do you know him? How did this happen? What, what a great pairing this is on this song. Well, thank you, my friend. The, 
the story goes like this. I was making my last album, and I wanted to write a tribute song to the Beatles, who, if, if not for them, I wouldn't mean be a professional musician. I, I had a band for two years before the Beatles, but we weren't even playing rock and roll. So that experience was going to be captured in a song. And it's in complete and total Beatle mode. It's, I, you know, I ripped off everything I could from them in this song, something I never did before, and as a tribute. And so I thought, maybe I'll get somebody to sing this with me, because it's a, it's, it's a duet that's sung in unison and in harmony, like the early Beatle records were between John and Paul. And I thought about Jules, and then I was going to send it to him. And last minute I said, I can't do that, because this is not a song for him. He takes enough criticism, he shouldn't be doing a song like this. So I just went to the piano, and I sat down, and I said, what would it be like if I wrote a song for he and I to sing together? And I crafted it especially, particularly for he and I to sing. And I just did a quick demo. I sent it to him, and I didn't know him. I never met him. I don't know. He I didn't even know if he knew me. And he, he wrote back and said he'd be honored to do it. So we met in Brooklyn at the Brooklyn Sound Studio when he was there doing a benefit for um, Lupus. And uh, you've got it in your hand. I mean, he sang beautifully, and I came, I came home and... And, and, and matched him because um, harmony, baby, uh, in life, in the universe, is so important. And I wanted to do something in harmony. This is the last song on the album, was theoretically my last album. And it's me saying basically, essentially, hey guys, uh, what a time we've had. Let's not forget it. There's been good, there's been bad. And let's raise a glass to, to, to the life we had. And remember the good old days. And remember, we must all forgive. And there it is. You've got it in your hands. And, uh, uh, you know, a couple charts. I don't know anything about charts anymore because they're crazy. But anyway, it was number two and one, number one, number two on the media based thing in classic hits, and number one this week on BDS. So, look, I didn't think it was going to get airplay. That's why I told, I told Jim, I'm not doing this. So, uh, good, for, good for Jim Peterick. Um, I owe him a lot. I'm not going to pay, but I do. No, definitely not. Please don't do that. Um, now you realize you and Jim here have sort of painted yourself into a corner because while the world kind of awaits the release of, um, 26 East volume one, when you see that caveat volume one, we're already thinking there's going to be a volume two, right? We wrote so many songs <clears throat> between he and I, we wrote at least 18 uh, at least half of them together. The other, the other half I wrote on my own. And uh, the record company wanted them all. I wanted one record. I wanted them to pick their favorite songs and make one final album, and they wanted them all. So it was their idea <coughs> to divide it into two records, volume one and volume two. Um, I, I, I didn't like that volume one and volume two. I wanted to call them a Dennis DeYoung, uh, 26th East, this one, and then that one. But they said <laughs> that, that, that's funny, but not good. So now it's volume, so I feel like you know, I'm in the uh, you know, National Public Library or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you, I know um, that you had a record release party scheduled for April 3rd, and I know that there's so much uncertainty. You had lots of live dates. Uh, performing the music of sticks, performing hopefully songs uh, from this album as well. But I know there's so much uncertainty. It's hard, you know, I don't know what to really say about that. You're 
May 22nd, you're supposed to be here in Kansas City. We we just hope that the that that happens. We're we're not sure. Um, but the the CD release party was supposed to be April 3rd. That's a real bummer in all of this. Uh, uh, any look, other plans? In the scheme of things, an album release. Thank you for being concerned. But you know this record. You know, I, I planned it. I said, when will be the next pandemic? And, and they said, this, this last week. I said, let's release then. Anyway, uh, <laughs> seriously, um, in the scheme of things, whatever record, movie, or whatever, is, this, is, this is small potatoes in, in what's going on. And we all have to step back and yeah. do what's right for humanity. And uh, I'm no different from anybody else. And uh, what happens will happen. We, we can't control it. And I'm, not, I, you know, I'm pretty much I'm at peace with it, knowing that when things like this happen, uh, you know, if you're going to sit in your corner and worry and bite your fingernails, it's to no avail. You know, you bite your fingernails when you could have done something. That's when you worry about it. And so the touring schedule, when it does come back, not just for me, the kids, this is for everybody, you'll see me. Uh, but until that time, you keep yourself and your family safe. That's, that's all we can do right now. Uh, and uh, we just, if you're a praying man or woman, say your prayers. If not, <clears throat> you know, hope for the best. Very well said. Um, I tell you, it's crazy, Dennis, that you've, been away from sticks now for over 20 years 21 years talk about kind of the creative process and just sort of um how much it means to you to be able to to do an album like this and to be able to write great songs still into your 70s while also <laughs> comparing that to having pinned seven top 10 hits in sticks but maybe more gratifying today talk about that the comparison uh, of that well all the the big hit records that I that's, that I that I wrote in sticks, I wrote by myself. So I had an awful lot of experience of being the guy who writes by himself. Tommy and I wrote together. JY and I wrote together. JC and I wrote together. Glenn Burtnick and I wrote together. Uh, but for whatever reason, uh, the biggest hits I ever had were, were self penned. So I had plenty of experience in doing that but really the 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 production of the records the arrangements the the talents that the other guys in sticks brought were all vital to to the to the way the music sounded to the american public and the world public really when they finally heard them so when you're you're, you're taking um when you're, when you're taking a solo album you have to find the musicians that you find you think can best express your vision. And when you're in a band like Sticks, you don't really worry about that because, you know, um, you're, there you are. You know who's going to do what. You know the people's strengths. And you utilize them. That's the great thing about being in the band. In, in a solo record, you, uh, you have the uh, flexibility to bring different people in to, to hear their points of view musically. But I really... As I said before, I would have been in sticks for the last 21 years. It was not my decision. J.Y. and Tommy and myself were the only three left when, uh, when they decided to replace me when I was sick. So um, all I can tell you is I'd still be in the band yeah. right now today, but that's beyond my control. And uh, please send all your, uh, you know, your, um, your, your cards and letters to Sticks' Facebook if you feel differently. 
if you're quite happy with the new sticks, then I say enjoy your life because who am I to tell people what to do with their spare time and, you know, listening to music? There's so little joy in the world. If you can find it, I don't care who's, who's providing it for you. As long as it's legal, you do it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we, we talked about uh, Jim Peterick. Uh, we've probably brought up his name too many times, uh, probably to giving him too much airplay here. But he was so key in this. But you had just a myriad of players on this album. Uh, we, we, obviously, we talked about Julian Lennon doing, uh, doing the song together to the good old days. But talk about uh, some of the other players that you kind of collaborated with on this. I know I mean, I've got the list right here. You On and on, you guys did. I think even uh, was, did uh, you had August Zadra on this? Yeah, he begged me. Oh, yeah. that son of a gun. I got my band on uh, a bunch of this stuff. You know, my, I have a great band. August Zadra, Jimmy Leahy, John Blasucci, uh, Mike Morales, and Craig Carter, my wife Suzanne. So they're in there. And then I, I augmented it. Jim, you know, Jim played a lot. He played some uh, rhythm guitar. Uh, he played some lead guitar on... Um, Proof of Heaven, which is not on this one, but will be on volume two. Um, Jim played bass, and um, and then I played a bunch of stuff. Uh, and then Mike, Mike Aquino, a great player here in Chicago, played a lot on the record. So, um, you know, I'm just bringing together the talents that I had at my dis- disposable, uh, disposal. You see, I don't like send. I've done it. I've sent, well, you send tracks to people and they put stuff on. I I don't like that. To me, it's not the same as sitting in the room with the musician. Let them play and watching the whole process unfold and then, as a producer, <clears throat> be there in real time to offer suggestions. Try this, try that. That's the process I love because that's how I always worked in stakes because we were always in the same room in those days. You had to be because it was a recording studio. You couldn't phone it in from another planet. You just did it. So I, I, I use Mike, who's a great player, because he's in Chicago. He, he was like 20 minutes from my house. Because I had sent it out to both August and Jimmy, and they played some. And then when August and Jimmy were in town, because Jimmy's in, on the East Coast and August is in L.A., you know, it's... It's just time-consuming, and it's expensive to do it that way. So the value of having a band all in the same area is you show up at the studio, you know each other, and then you go at it. So I, I, I sound like a guy who likes being in a band. I do. <laughs> well, um, so important. So this record is, this, yeah. what, what, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Were you surprised by this album? Yes, I, I was. Knew, I knew you would be. I was, uh, but, but in a way, um, you know, knowing again, that interaction we had whenever we, we, we were interviewing Jim Peterick and whenever, uh, you know, whenever you answer the phone and we talked there for a minute, it was like, these guys are, you guys are working on something. I just figured it was all for, for his material and for his world stage stuff, which is tremendous, but pleasantly surprised. Yes. The, the world needs this, Dennis. I know you're kind of underplaying yourself because the, your style, it sounds like sticks. I'm telling I'm just going to tell you right now. That production on on East of Midnight, it sounds like the Grand Illusion, and it's tremendous. This is what we've been a lot of six, uh, fans of Sticks of your era of you have been waiting for, and thank you for doing it. Thank well, you for sticking you. to your guns. Thank you. And hey, you've heard the whole album, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Okay. How about that? With all due respect, did you laugh? 
I did. I didn't know if a lot of people would kind of get it's kind of tongue in cheek. So I didn't know if that was on purpose or not. <laughs> oh, not it's literal. Yeah. That way, when you watch, you name the talk show, political on the radio or on the TV, isn't that what you want to yell at them? Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> okay. Certainly. We can't say that. We can't say the word, can we? Right. It's on your show. We can't say that, right? Oh, we can. We can. Oh, we sure can. Nah, well, they'll hear it when they hear it. I say, with all due respect, you are an a-hole. <laughs> so that that is as literal as it gets. I, you know, I, I'm. Yeah, my just, tongue came out of my cheek on that one. <laughs> Dennis, I I can't thank you enough. I tell you, ever um, you've provided the soundtrack to so many people's lives, uh, to mine certainly, and I'm I'm on the younger side. I'm 35, and this has been such a part oh, of my life. That, yeah, you're about a kid. Yeah, I, I, I'm not in the uh, coronavirus demographic. I'm good. <laughs> I wouldn't be. Don't go licking doorknobs. <laughs> Dennis, um, all I could say is, is that we're, we've um, wish we had more time, but we hope we hope and pray that um, that the world and we all stick together on this, that things get better, certainly, and that maybe we get to see you here in Kansas City, May 22nd. That's where I am. That's where we hope that uh, that the, your tour can certainly get to. Stick to your website, DennisDeYoung.com, for... All the information, all the stuff is coming up. You can pre-order the album. It's going to be tremendous. It is tremendous. Take it from me. I've heard it all. Thank you so much, Dennis. Let's be in touch soon, my friend, hopefully when you get here to Kansas City. Thank you, my friend. Well, there you have it. Dennis DeYoung talking about his uh, new album, 26 East, Volume 1. It comes out April 10th via Frontiers Music. Um, you could definitely go check it out um, on his website. Go to DennisDeYoung.com. You can get all the information on that. The tour dates, and he's going to, you know, we'll... we'll Play the wait and see game. Going to keep us updated, uh, as with all artists that are that have tour dates planned. We're just going to have to wait and see. Hopefully, things get cleared off. Hopefully, things return to some level of normalcy here sooner than later, and that we can get back to what we love best: back to live music, back to being out with our friends, back to just returning to our daily lives. That's what we're hoping for here. So, thank you so much for joining us here on the Music Mania Podcast. Definitely feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play or Spotify, any way you choose to take on the podcast. We certainly appreciate it. We're going to keep the interviews rolling. We've got Mike Tramp from White Lion coming up and uh, amongst many more. So it's going to be a prolific spring and summer for us. No matter what happens, we're here for you here on the Music Mania Podcast. We got your back. Your money stays in place right here on the Music Mania Podcast.